3: Hey everybody! It is Weird Islanders, the podcast, back again after a uh, short and uh, unwanted and unexpected hiatus. Won't say anything more than that. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we're here to talk about some other uh, older Islanders. And joining me once again uh, via ZenCaster is my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, what's going
4: on?
3: Uh, not not too much.
2: Uh, this is this is going to be a banger. Yeah, um, it's a couple of your
3: favorites in this one. So yeah, I don't excited.
2: don't know don't know how. <laughs> Uh, you know what the what the time limit is here but it could be another you know we just did what an hour and whatever on Islander Anxiety and this could be uh, you know yeah. four or five hours it's, it, it's going to be a college lecture style yeah. you know course is one of those like three hour courses yeah
3: this is going to be the great courses plus on yes. Islanders yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah I'm excited about this too and uh, we got some great Islanders but we also have an extra special great guest. He is the co-host uh, of the Through the Island podcast, which I recommend everybody listen to. And he's uh, always got great opinions. And uh, he's just an all-around sharp guy. His name is Desmond Santua. Desmond, how are you?
0: I'm I'm good. I'm great. I have I just I want to just correct the record here a bit. I'm the the primary host uh, of Through the Island podcast. Mike is the uh, co-host. Uh, he's been he's been demoted uh, since the inception. <laughs> of the pod. Uh, so just, you know, host capital H host me, Mike <laughs> co-host, and, you know, all lowercase letters, including his name. Uh, but yes, uh, through the Island podcast, we are simultaneously the most, uh, uh, progressive and unproductive, uh, Islanders <laughs> podcast in the, uh, IPU, the Islanders uh,
3: podcast universe. Um, that's pretty I'm cool. Proud of it. I mean that's that that's your thing. Like you, you guys are great at it. Uh I one of the things I love about the podcast is that you and your co-host Mike have a very different relationship than me and my friend and co-host Mike. <laughs> and uh Mike uh Mike has um your Mike anyway. Uh yeah, he's um yeah, he didn't take the Devon t- the Devon Taves trade well. I know a lot of us didn't, but he he really Seem to have kind of gone off the deep end as far as
0: after that trade happened. Well, he gets to he, but he gets to enjoy it as a as an Avalanche fan uh, Mm. because he's you know another reason why he cannot he cannot uh, ever get to rise to the level of host. His (laughs) his his loyalty is uh, is uncertain um, at all times, and and as such, uh, I want everybody to make sure to check out the podcast, but but don't
3: respect Mike um, at all. Um, that seems like a, like a, a pretty fair uh, a fair uh, uh, trade there. Um, so you guys are obviously named after like a great Barry Trotz quote. Um, how are you taking the who... news now that Barry Trotz is no longer the Islanders coach?
0: Well, uh, we, our episode, as all the uh, other pods in the IPU, uh, was was very emotional. Mike very much tried to put his positive that the sky isn't falling, uh, uh, spin on it while, while also being bummed and thinking that it should not have happened. I, as time has gone on, I, um, I mean, I still think it sucks. I got asked, uh, you know, um, well, the comparison that we made is that it's, uh, for, for any 2004 RMB heads out there, I know there's plenty in the Islanders fan base, Uh, it's like uh from the Usher Confessions part 2 music video where he finds out that his uh his uh his woman on the side is is pregnant very shocked that was the <laughs> shock that that i had personally um but uh you know i as time's gone on i feel that we can't undo this and the fact that lane lambert is here it's uh the the best of the the you know options that that yeah. could have could have happened i still just feel i just feel so weird still like it's uh almost feels like it feels like i'm still putting the pieces together as to what what the hell happened here because if the the parts of the the narrative of of this were there were issues all along i i don't understand why trots got to have such a hand in the mm. construction of the roster up to this point if there was, if, if they, you know, had a seemingly fraying relationship over time, you know, like I, mm. I I'm, I'm just, every time I think it makes sense, there's something about it that doesn't. Um,
3: yeah. Uh, I think the worst part is we'll never actually know the full truth because Lou Lamorello never speaks and Barry Trotz is too nice to say. What <laughs> <happens>.
0: <laughs> so we we, we got to go to Winnipeg, uh, you know, we, we, our pod has our fingers crossed for Winnipeg. Barry gets to go home and then we get to go to Winnipeg. We get to Mm. just see that city for all it's worth and Mm. really just, uh, you know, maybe yell Barry uh, Mm. for, for the entirety of the game. I just want to see his large skull uh, in person (laughs) one more time. It would be a a good, you
2: know, Islanders fan trip, just, just take over right um, whatever that place, true North center um, (laughs) for Islanders and, Jets, which is always on New Year's Eve for some reason. Yeah, uh, that's we, true. <laughs> but we can we can listen to that or play that Weaker Than song too.
0: Oh, yeah. yes, baby. Yeah. Now we are yeah. talking my language. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we're definitely going to talk Mike's language because we're going to get into some weird islanders. And this is, again, uh, a, a sort of a multi-islander podcast. But uh, I'm really glad you, you picked this one. I was hoping we would get to it soon. And uh, you, you went right for it. So as our special guest, Desmond Zantua, will you please reveal – the topic of today's Weird Islanders, the podcast.
0: So we have a little bit of a multiverse of madness, so to speak, going (laughs) on. The topic is Weird Islanders
3: Reluctant
0: Euros.
3: Yes, yes, the reluctant Euros. And I know that anybody that's followed Lighthouse Hockey for a long time will know more or less who we're talking about (laughs) in this episode. We got five all together, and it's a great group because we've got two guys that probably didn't want to come uh, and didn't stay for very long. Uh, Two guys that most definitely didn't want to come ended up staying for quite a while and became fan favorites and cult heroes. And one guy who didn't want to stay so much that he never even took the general manager's money and just took off (laughs) as fast as he could uh, because he was not part of the program. Uh, So let us begin with the first member of the Reluctant Euros group. And uh, Desmond, will you please reveal who that is? Alexander Karpatsev. Defenseman Alexander Karpatsev, originally from Russia, played with the Rangers as a rookie on their 94 Cup team. Uh, Before we get any further, uh, I just want to say that uh, Karpatsev perished in the locomotive uh, air disaster uh, a number of years ago. And and we don't talk about this as if to slander the man, but he was a member of, of the group of Weird Islanders, for sure. And everything about his very very short tenure with the islanders was weird <laughs> and uh you know I, I think he's, he's it's worth talking about here so what you know what about Karpatsev stood out to you Desmond uh, as far as like this group goes
0: I mean <clears throat> I said a little before we started recording I'm shocked that he even made it to three <laughs> games played I I was like uh I could have sworn because I remember uh I'm not sure if we I, I want to you know Get to the good part too early, but but the the Pat Foley rant, uh, the 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 Blackhawks broadcaster that absolutely just just destroyed sure. him.
1: I got to qualify my comments by saying he's a good defenseman when he plays, and there's the rub because Alexander Karpatshev looks for any reason not to play. And in his time in Chicago, he is the worst excuse for a teammate I've ever seen in over two decades doing this job. A couple of examples: ten minutes before a warm-up a few weeks ago. My shoulder hurts. And a young fella, young defenseman who wasn't anticipating playing, had to scurry into his uniform and dress for the game. He was coming back from an ankle injury earlier this season, almost ready to rejoin the lap, had a collision in practice. I have a concussion. Well, Dr. Karpats have always had an excuse, always found a way
4: to milk the system. Uh, I,
0: I remember that and thinking, wow, that was pre- – I, I, I mean – that's 2004. So the internet barely, as we know it, barely exists. So to say that it went viral, but maybe it was on, I'm not sure, HF boards. Was HF boards the thing back? Yeah, then? No, I just remember seeing.
2: MikeMusco.com. Mike <laughs> oh my
0: God. Yeah. There was some proto, proto yeah. Islander uh, the message board Twitter. chat
3: rooms for sure. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. It was one of the early stages. That, that link popping up and feeling like, wow, that was harsh. And then instantly he. So he plays more than one game. I swear, I swear to you, I thought he played one <laughs> period. Maybe I only saw one. Maybe I missed the first two games, and uh, or I, I only saw him play one game in which he got
4: hmm. hurt
0: in the first period. But but it was just uh, he st- he sticks out as barely like the 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 harshness, and then him not being there, and I guess just that overall, it, it's almost in retrospect of. Oh yeah, that guy was on the team. What was there about that? Oh yeah, that rant. And then in general, you know, weird Islanders, that that team is a weird Islanders oh, yeah, team for sure. General. For
4: sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Reading the article Steve Sterling, I yeah. forgot that man exists.
2: Oh,
3: we we never forget. And so does the rest yes.
2: of the NHL. I think that if, if you asked everyone in the, you know, who pays hard attention to the NHL, if it said, "Can you name the Islanders coaches since 2000?" like when from Laviolette to Lambert, no <laughs> one outside of very very screwed up Islander fans <laughs> would remember Steve Sterling was a head coach for this team and Brad yes. Shaw who who's still in the league oh he's yeah still, he's, he's, he's still uh he's still I think he's he's like a head coaching candidate he's on the yeah. short list that that you read for all these vacancies uh, this I had a year.
3: coworker at the AP that was really upset that Shaw didn't get the job because I think Shaw cuz he <laughs> he was he was in between Laviolette and Sterling right and then the next year they hired Sterling right so yeah. No, it was it yeah. was
2: it was snow, It was La Violette, Sterling. Sterling oh, okay. got fired. Shaw. Then it was the, Shaw. No, and then it was.
3: Uh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah that. He was upset that that Shaw got canned that year.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess Bradshaw coaching the Robert uh, Nilsson Islanders <laughs> to five points of the <laughs> Atlanta Thrashers really was was deserving of a, of a yeah. better look. I uh, guess he was one yeah. of the few
3: Islanders fans there. You'd think the AP would have more Islanders fans, but no, it was, it was really just a handful of us. And uh, yeah, that was his guy. But uh, but yeah, Kar- so Karpatsev w- was a defenseman, and the uh, the story in the post that I'll link here in the article. It talks about Karpatsev gives Isles blue line help. Well, that's <laughs> kind of not really what happened. Mike Milbury actually had some nice things to say about somebody else for a change. We're glad we get somebody with Karpatsev's ability and experience. Well, he definitely had experience because he had been around for a while. Uh, ability, it depends on who you ask, I guess. Uh, he started out okay and and actually was having some had some pretty good seasons, but he got traded a lot. And he was coming to the Islanders from the Blackhawks. After playing for the Rangers and then uh, the Leafs. And uh, like you said, the Pat Voley rant uh, made it very clear how the venerable Chicago Blackhawks broadcaster felt about <laughs> Karpatsev on his way out the door. Uh, my favorite part is when he's like, Alexander Karpatsev is now the New York Islander's problem. <laughs> yes that's,
2: that's so good and he, and he was wrong <laughs> because he was only our problem for a yeah. little bit but yeah
3: it it was it,
2: the, the, a couple of things i re- I remember ge- being excited that they made a right. move because they they were they were in like the thick of the race for eighth back then which was a huge deal, uh for for islander fans because this, this, that was basically the ceiling of a team that uh, like desmond just said was was just chock full of, of weird islanders so like this team was just never going to do anything better than that. And uh, what I re- a couple of things that I, that, I, that come right to mind when I think of the Karpatsub trade. One, um, I remember staying up late to watch his debut against <laughs> the Sharks. He played well and thinking, all right, that's great. And then, of, of course, a couple of days later, you just never heard from him again. Uh, two, they traded for him on trade deadline day. The day before trade deadline day, they traded for someone else. Steve Webb. Right. They reacquired Steve Webb the day before. And I was like, oh wow, the band's getting back together. And I think the reason that they were looking to bolster their blue line was because they traded one of the best islanders to ever put on the jersey, uh, Matthias Tamander <laughs> was shipped out a couple weeks <laughs> early. And it weakened the blue line because I think they were thinking, oh, we might, you know, we're gonna give, you know, some of our kids a shot. And uh, you know, this is of course pre-Chris Campoli mm-hmm. and Bruno Gervais, so the, the pipeline was was a little barren at that point and uh it didn't work out for them, but yeah, it was it was quite the uh, quite the flurry of moves from from Mad Mike between January and March <laughs> to mander out Webb and Karpatsa wow. in.
3: That was something I had no recollection of Steve Webb playing for the Penguins, so there you go.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's so weird that he and Matt Martin. You you think of Matt Martin as the Steve mm. Webb of this generation, and they both did the, these kind of funny stints away. <laughs> And then got re-traded tra- re- for them to come back. We're like, we missed this yeah. guy too much. Right, we got to get them, get him back. Uh, but yeah, yeah Webb, Webb was a penguin for, uh, I don't, I don't, God, who knows how many games he Crazy. played for them. But um, Yeah. Then he was. He uh, yeah,
3: out. as he should have. Uh, so yeah, Karpatsev's final line as an Islander, three games played, zero goals, one assist. That's it. That's his mark on the Islanders. That's the exact least <laughs> amount you could possibly do is get one assist. It, as forgettable as
0: that, like that era of Islanders are like, like it, it's lo- looking at the, 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 uh, post article that you had here about the, <laughs> about the, about the, the trade there's Justin Papineau yeah. is oh, a yeah. name in here. Uh, who 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 did they acquire uh Steve Webb uh in exchange for Al- Elaine Nazardine. Yeah, former yep.
3: de- now devils head assistant coach or whatever
0: <laughs> we, got, we got we got Eric yeah. Goddard uh the the last uh, the last uh graph of of the article those islanders in jeopardy of seeing their ice time slash to make room for yashin or fringe players such as Justin Papineau and Eric Goddard, neither was expected <laughs> to play last night. and It's just like, geez. What? And neither of like, them were defensemen mm. either, which is great. I mean, th- this article also mentions Cliff Ryan. Yeah. Like it's Awful. like, it, it just jogs like a lot of, uh, weird, like the, the Karpatsev trade. It's just throwing shit at the mm. wall. Like it, all of, all of this player movement was just like, uh, Sterling said yesterday morning that Yashin would center a line with Marius Tchaikovsky and 38-year-old Cliff Ronning. And it was like... <laughs> hey, Ronning, Ronning was great yeah. that season. He, was, the, Adrian he O'Coin, was a- the Adrian O'Coin celebration against the, uh, the the Canucks where they get like a power play in overtime four on three. And he just like tees up a O'Coin one-timer to win it and just jumps into his arms. <laughs> and it just looks like <laughs> yep. a father and son just <laughs> yeah. celebrating. Like he hit the home run or something at the Little League game. Yeah.
2: I mean, that team, that team was hilarious because it, it was like, it was supposed to be like the Ronnings, the O'Coin's and um, you could throw like Janssen and and, and so, some other like kind of quote unquote, you know, veteran guys in there. They were supposed to just be keeping the seat warm for, you know, Papineau right. and Maple Toft, Tommy Pettin was <laughs> up and coming. Oh my like, God, Tommy like Pettenen, like, Jesus. Uh, but th- that's what the, th- that's what the point was. Like, this was like, this was like the team to like, we're not rebuilding. They're gonna get us into the playoffs. These young guys are gonna get the experience they need. And, and then the next season, yeah, next season will be all about Bergenheim, nice. Mapletoft, Papineau, uh, you know, DiPietro, obviously. Like the the core is the core is, is coming together nicely here. Um
3: uh, <laughs> Yeah. <man. the> core.
2: <laughs> but brutal, the, you know what? I bet lock- the, it was the lockout. And and if the lockout yeah. didn't happen, you know, Justin Mapletoft, his his Would've number would definitely be yeah. in, in the rafters, definitely. right?
0: Yeah, what could have been?
4: Right. What could
2: have been? Slowed down all that
0: momentum. Him,
2: you know, they, they would have had a, a kitschy mm. line name for him, Matthias Weinhandel, and,
3: and Cliff yeah. Ronning,
2: like dad and son's <laughs> line or something.
3: So Karpatsev's time with the Islanders, and in fact, the Islanders' time in the playoffs did not last particularly long. He didn't play any playoff games with them. And he was let to walk as a free agent, and he signed with the Panthers. And a couple of games into that season, uh, GM Mike Keenan loaned him to a team in Russia (laughs) where I guess he really felt like playing. So that stint also didn't, if there's ever a a weird Panthers podcast, they're probably definitely going to do an episode on him. Um, And yeah, that's about it. Uh, Again, he, he ended up staying in Russia, coaching there. And and again, unfortunately passing away in the, in the locomotive incident. But, uh, but yeah, he's a real character. Karpatsev. I remember when he was a Ranger, like he was kind of a weird, a weird dude. And, and apparently his, his uh, history of, Maybe not being the most physically fit guy in the league, <laughs> kind of carried around with them for a while. There's some uh, some interesting articles about there about because he was traded to the Blackhawks for Brian McCabe, who went on to have a pretty good time of it for the Leafs. So, <laughs> the Hawks, yeah, yeah. The
0: that, that part, another quote from that Pat Foley rant was uh, he he references the mm-hmm. trade and it says one of the worst deals in Black Hawk Black Hawk history. <laughs>
1: Pulford and Dale Talen for being able to get anything more than a roll of tape for this overpaid underachiever. Alexander Karpatsev is now the New York Islanders' problem. That will be his last National Hockey League stop. And uh, he basically, in my opinion, was a disgrace to the uniform when he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. As he leaves Chicago, I just have one sentiment for Alexander Karpatsev: Good riddance.
3: We are through two periods. In you don't like this no. guy that much is clear. <laughs> it's pretty clear. Uh, but yeah, so so there you go. So he's definitely, uh, you know, he was definitely most probably didn't want to come to the Islanders. And uh, when he got here, he he didn't want to be here that long. So he wasn't. Uh, next up on the reluctant Euro list uh, is who, Desmond? Richard Zednik. Uh, Richard Zednik, Slovakian, uh, had a really good NHL career. Uh, and also... A stop with the Islanders. <laughs> uh, <and> he played <laughs> slightly more games than, uh, than Karpatsa did 10. In fact, in the regular season had yeah, tripled, tripled them, them. Uh, including five in the playoffs. Iron uh, man. Yeah. Iron man. Iron, man. Iron man. Richard uh, <laughs> had one goal, two assists <laughs> three points in the regular season. And then zeros across the board in the playoffs. Um, but no, he was a good player. But my, my favorite part about this trade is he, he was acquired for a second round pick. First of all, which is like <laughs> what I mean. Okay, come on. The guy they picked is somebody named Theo Ruth. So I guess
0: the yes, Theo Ruth, the very Roots.
3: same. Uh, this was in February of 2007. So we moved from Mike Milberry to Garth Snow. Now, uh, so that one didn't end up burning Snow. But my favorite thing is, and again, I'm going to link the article there. The article at the Islanders' site says Richard Zednick is an Islander with an exclamation point. And I was like, <laughs> really? That's where? That's the guy who gets the exclamation point, Richard Zednick, and Basically, like the prototypical sort of middle six forward, uh, I guess at that time it seemed like a good idea. But uh, uh you know what? What about Zednik stands out from that time? I
0: uh, so do you do you know the time? The I just remember thinking like just in general that season, especially at that point, like they were trending upwards that, that hmm. year. Forever exists as a weird year because it's like they, you know, they get. Um, mocked for the DiPietro contract that w- after like a soft, like maybe first couple weeks of the season, he really kicks it into gear. And then the team, uh, after Ted Nolan jumbles the lines, like does pretty well for itself. And, uh, they, I remember they got I think Mark Andre Bergeron. They got yep. bef- before Zednik
4: hmm.
0: and, and then thinking like, Oh wow. Cool. Like, uh, uh I I know this guy, Richard Jones. <laughs> Right, yeah, I've, exactly. I've heard, I've heard of this I've heard player. of him, yeah. <laughs> after you know, after the the that oh five, oh six year where like we're replacing Kenny Johnson with uh with Brad Lukowich, I'm like, hmm, it's nice to to get uh what what seems like a, a new player that I know. Um but if I recall correctly, he got hurt uh he got injured a bit, like uh maybe either before the trade or after the trade. I, I, I could have swore he wasn't like in the uh, daily lineup and I could have swore it might've been for injury sake. It I remember,
2: m- I remember it being the Islanders. So they traded for him. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like this was in the middle, like snow made so many trades that year. Uh, yeah. yeah, Randy Robotai was back. Of course. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> oh Ryan, my like, god! Obviously Ryan Smith, you know, there's the, the Mike, Mike York and, and Alexei Zitnik trade for, for Freddie Meyer. So like, he was wheeling and dealing this year, and Zednik was just like a piece of it. But they traded for him, and then they started to struggle a little bit. Like, and they were, and they fell out of the playoff picture, and they had to go on that obviously that miraculous run. And I just remember him kind of being like, "Yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm going to go home, <laughs> go go home to Slovakia," and then comes home the Islanders make the playoffs and look who's back and it's like oh no you know what I'm actually I'm kind of into this now is Richard yeah. Zendick. he played all five games I think against yes. the, the Sabres in that series They're, he was not a part of the the Dublowitz run at all he wasn't I don't think he would played in any of those games but he did play in 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 the playoffs wow. because he he was like I'm out I'm like I'm you know I don't I, I don't feel like playing here and maybe that's just PTSD from you know but i think that is actually what happened is that like he was like now nah, I'm, I'm i'm kind of
3: peacing out i'm i'm absolutely amazed that you remember that cuz i have no recollection of this whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> i worked crazy. for the associated press at the time like i was in the sports department i should know all this i had no idea that this was going on that's crazy yeah right? i
2: mean i just googled richard zendick returns to islanders and oh. there's a there's a hockey news article new york islanders forward richard zendick returns for playoff opener
3: yeah, and the other funny thing too about that that trade of getting him was that you know he came from Washington, and I think most people probably remember him as a Washington Capital. But he had actually they had actually traded him to Montreal earlier. <laughs> he he played a bunch of years for Washington. They traded him to Montreal. He signed. He went back to uh, Washington. I think as a free agent, and then the Caps traded him to the Islanders. And then he too, like Karpatsev, would play a bunch of games for the Panthers. He, he stuck around for two seasons, but he had a horrific skate cut. Uh, I'll include the video, Oof. but it was pretty bad. I, I Viewer discretion is advised. Let me tell you, it was it was pretty horrible. But he turned out okay, and he ended up playing the next season. But I, I don't think his his fifteen total games as an Islander is going to stand out in the career of Richard Zednick, uh, he, you know, middle six forward.
2: <laughs> I, a couple other things I remember him for. Um, he had he had like a good look. He had a very yeah. that era look um you know the kind of baggy jersey Mm. almost like almost like alexei yashin a little bit i was gonna say
3: he and smith could be like brothers on the ice same hair same jersey exactly
2: (laughs) the 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 skates were uh i think he had these like kind of randy robitaille style Mm. uh silver silver skates that i remember and i was like this guy's pretty cool like Mm. and he had and he had the um you know it was it was all the rage back then if you if you google like image him his jersey was like tucked into his, oh yeah, his um elbow pad or whatever. So like it, it was he he had Zendik had a had a look, um we just didn't get to see it all that much. <laughs> he,
0: was a, he was a handsome guy if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh he he kind of had a little bit of the again of of the time just like his jersey didn't he also have like a little bit of that like mid two thousands like. G- g- like strokes type hair garage yeah, yeah. like yep. yeah band, very nickelback re- renaissance yeah. hair yeah yeah
3: <laughs> like key, switch foot keen uh <laughs> type thing yeah for sure definitely definitely yeah he was definitely of that that time he, uh, you know, he, he was like a, a a very poor man's uh
2: Mary in a way like <laughs> yeah Strakowski is like just so handsome and right but like almost sickeningly handsome yeah. where Zenick is like, if, if Tchaikovsky was the front man for this, this mid 2000 right. <laughs> hockey player band, you know, Zenick is the guy on the guitar with like the kind the what, what were those bracelets with like the spikes coming out of it or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, yeah. And no shirt, no shirt, but the leather vest. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's him. Um, from yeah. that, he reminds me of that, that movie school of rock. Like, yeah. and, like a and character. And Wade Dubowitz is the drummer. It's
0: so funny. It's so funny. I I completely forgot. Like, cause like looking at this list, I was like, What was, was he reluctant? Like, I remember him coming to the team. I remember him playing. I, and especially like the Islanders forever have been a slow team. Mm -hmm. And I remember him being like one of the few, like faster skaters. remember like getting him being a thing like, oh, cool. A guy that can can play with pace. That that's nice. Um, And it's just that whole thing of him coming to the team, being excited about him being on the team. Then it's starting to fall apart. Him just noping out, but then coming back for an ineffective playoff run kind of mirrors how that specific season felt as an Islander mm. fan of like, oh, maybe this is going to be good. Oh no, this is actually going to be bad. Oh no, we are in the playoffs. Ah, well, yeah, a little, for a little bit. I guess. <laughs> but like, it's right because I don't. Re- I thought he was hurt because I like that Dublowitz game has been like replayed so many times. I've watched highlights from it a million times and like, he's not there. So I assumed he had to have been hurt. Cause like, I just remember, I remember all of pretty, almost all the players in that game. Um, and he was not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, like I will, I'll have to try to do more digging on it. And
2: we'll, when we do the, the sequel, the next sequel, <laughs> I'll have to find like the exact storyline from it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like he played, um, just a few games and, and was exciting. Like, he, cause mm. like you said, like he, when you have Mike Sillinger and Trent Hunter out there, like it's, it's, this guy looks like he's, he's like Connor McDavid for, <laughs> for a little bit. Like, you're like, Oh man, this guy is so fast. Yeah. It yeah. must be awesome. And, and of course, like with any trade deadline deal, you feel like, okay, this guy is going to be awesome. You're really excited for it. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, mm. he, he kind of, uh, i nope. mean i still love him yeah I, if he, if it, it's like he's one of those guys that at the same time he feels like he because because of how they, they acquired him at the deadline and, and he played in mm. the playoffs he feels like he played 45 games not right. 10 which yeah. which says a lot you know that that's that's a that's a very big compliment to you richard yeah
3: there you go uh and he had a, a long career after going back to slovakia played uh for uh bunch of teams and uh in the uh, world championships so there you go yeah uh, and,
2: and yeah. unfortunately like now like it's the part of the reason it's hard to like dig up the uh you know his his like news on him from from two, the 2000s uh you, you know because it's it shouldn't be that hard to look up richard zednik news mm. uh is because every time you google his name it's all about the injury he had Yeah, uh, which right. you know, it's like yeah, the skate it's cut. like all right I, I i can i just skip a couple pages here to yeah. To, to the part where he, he bails out on the Islanders.
3: Yeah. Uh, I also appreciate that he finished with exactly 200 goals for his career. But he scored 31 for the the Habs one year. So there you go. Uh, okay. Let's uh, move on. So those are our two true weird Islanders. Two guys, again, did not want to come here. Peaced out in one way or another. And that was it. Um, but as we know, the Islanders do have a history of getting guys who don't want to come. And then sometimes those guys like it here. And they stay. And so, Desmond, will you please reveal the next member of the reluctant Euros group? So, so
0: <clears throat> before I do it, I just want to:
3: Am I? You want me to do it in the order that you
0: have it on the page here? Because that's not the chronological order of acquisition. You don't have but, to do it. You can do it the other way. Okay, because uh, we'll also be going up in quality that way. <laughs> uh, so next is uh, the professor himself, yes, Genie Nabakov.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. How much more of the backstory of Nabakov we need to go into? I think everybody knows. Uh, and if Zednik is a guy who seems like he played more games for the Islanders, uh, Nabby uh, and I—I I will call him Nabby because that's that's what his name really should be. We're intimately uh, in, in, in you know involved. All of us, I think, with him uh, played 123 games with the Islanders, and it seems like he almost played. He didn't play that many. But it's a, it was a lot, <laughs> and uh, obviously the big highlight for him was that 2013 run where he basically emptied his entire career tank to get the <laughs> Islanders into a first round playoff series with the Penguins. But like the that run really erased a lot of the shenanigans that went on before he even came to the Islanders, which is why he's here in the first place, uh, including him. He, you know, he had his long career with the Sharks. He signed with the KHL. He. Signed a deal with the Red Wings to come back to play in the NHL, but back then you had to go through re-entry waivers. And if another team put in a claim, I don't care. It doesn't matter who you sign with, you're going to that other team. And here comes the ultimate, the ultimate wild card, Garth Snow, <laughs> to come in and snatch a goaltender with a little bit left in the tank and uh Nabokov was not happy about it. <laughs> he was uh he didn't want to play for the Islanders. He signed to play in Detroit and not here. Uh he wanted to play for a good team and not the Islanders. And uh this kicked off a whole thing that uh Dom uh at the time very conveniently um summarized in a, in a cool article that I'll I'll link to. I mean, I didn't think he was ever coming. Like there was no way I thought he would ever show up. And when he did, I remember being like, "Oh man, this is this is not going to end well." I don't know what happened. And then, like a year later, I, I would give my life for this guy. Like he just, you know, he, he endeared <laughs> himself so much. So, I mean, Desmond, what what do you remember about that time period? I mean, h- how much of the the shenanigans do you remember versus the actual run of play for Nabako?
0: I I remember the the run of play more than the shenanigans. Like r- <laughs> right now, just like look, because I'm trying to remember which year, like which year it was, cause to your point of like, it, it seems like he was on the team mm. longer, but like, so I, I see that the, the waiver claim was in 2011, mm-hmm. which is mm. like, uh, one of, one of many cursed, uh, <laughs> seasons. That was the, uh, I believe that was the, uh, Matt Molson separates Mark Strite's shoulder in the, yep. in the preseason yeah. exhibition right. game. The one hit that guy, ever through in his, in his <laughs> Islander career. Um, and like tanks, what you thought was going to be like a Mark Streit, uh, James was power play, mm. uh, like shooting gallery. Um, so I forgot, like, I forgot the shenanigans. Never, never thought he was going to join the team. Yeah. Like ever. Did he not join the team until the 2011, 12 season?
3: Um, yeah, cuz that was the well right. they had the lockout, right? Or no, no, yeah, that well they had the half season lockout basically. No, no, he did. No, he no, did no. play. Yeah. No, he, he I think what yeah, I think you're
2: right. Like so what happened was he didn't end up playing for them that season, but Basically, the Islanders and him came to an agreement, I think, because they, they could toll his contract. I remember right. hearing the term yeah, the toll, toll a contract for the first time in my life. And they were like, well, okay, if he doesn't play for us now, we'll just toll his contract for 2011-12. So he had no choice if he wanted to play in the NHL. like mm. He had to play for the Islanders. Uh, so Ooh. he signed that extension, <laughs> played for them in 2011-12, was their number one goalie, I think, for, for most of that season, was was pretty good. And I, and I remember I, like you said, like that season had some had some promise to it until the the cursed preseason, uh, and the thing about Nabakov more never thought he was coming, but mostly because I just couldn't picture it. Right. I'm like this yeah. guy, like he's 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 a Sharks legend, like mm-hmm. at this point, like Sh- Sh- Sharks' best run of success in in their relatively short p- history to that point. And it was, it was Nabokov, like v- Vezina, Calder trophy kind of guy. Um, I think he won the Calder and then he and then he was in always in the Vezina conversation. Yeah. Um was playing like seventy two games a season for yeah. that. Like he, he was he was like
3: in the Vezina uh, behind Marty Brodeur in two thousand eight. Yeah.
2: He played seventy seven games in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. <laughs> seventy seven. And wow. I just remember him. He was he was just he was a shark. He was a mm. shark legend. Um, and didn't, because he was a shark, like I just knew him as he's the beginning of goaltender for the sharks, good goaltender, like kind of like a Mika Kiprasov kind of guy, mm. kind of like, you know, just someone who you just will always, Marty Turco, like <laughs> he is this, this team's goalie for, for this, you know, section of, of hockey history. Um, so like, I just couldn't picture it. And, in in a weird way, it's funny that Detroit claimed him on waivers and the Islanders, uh, took him because it, it reminds me a little bit of Osgood, whereas mm. like you you can't picture Chris Osgood as an Islander, like in that time. Like you're just like this guy is a he's a Red Wing. He <laughs> he 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 played in uh, in Red Wings pads for the Islanders. That's how much of a Red Wing he was. Oh yeah. And <laughs> and I was like I was half expecting Nabakov to do the same thing, uh, but he became an Islander really quickly. Yeah. Like like he just because I didn't because like I said because he was like a shark. Like you don't look too much into his like reputation. Is he you know you didn't know he was like this whimsical. Cute little rushing guy, mm. and then he comes over here, and within like two weeks, everyone's just raving about him. It's like this guy is just the nicest guy. He's incredibly, um, he's incredibly like intelligent. He's thoughtful. He's he's very he like puts good context on a lot of things. He was just perfect for that team in that room, mm. and he was like the perfect antidote to Rick T. Pietro at the time <laughs> because this was obviously when you know Rick's career was just going up in flames. Mm. Um, so like he was he was for for a young team that needed some stability um you know I think stability is the last thing you'll ever get from even good Rick DiPietro right like he's just <laughs> he's just not that kind yeah. of goalie. um he was perfect for them and I think like to this day if you ask Nabokov like to if he was on the show I think he would probably be co- describing his Islander career in a similar sense that we would like yeah, no, I could never. I, I probably didn't even know. He probably didn't know the Islanders existed. Right. You know, for for, for a long time. And then he's like, wait, we're going to play another New York? This, what's this team? Like, this, right. oh, this is Islander, right? Like, and then he fell in love with it. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, I, I love him. I just love the guy.
3: He, I think uh, the thing that uh, endeared him the most uh, was his interactions with Stan Fischler, of course, uh, post game. They had a real fun, you know, relationship with the two of them. And then, but then also, like, he really ingratiated himself in the locker room. And I remember him. After he left the Islanders and signed with Tampa Bay for a very short stint, he he said that the Islanders locker room was like the tightest he'd ever seen. These guys are like brothers, he said, and and I guess he was definitely a big part of that.
2: Yeah, I was I was interning with Stan for that mm. shortened season, twenty thirteen. Oh, so I, I yeah. my job, my my task, my task for him every after every game was, you know, once the game was coming to an end, to go downstairs and sit next to Nabakov, just to make sure Stan could <laughs> s- basically keep his seat warm. So Stan could be the That's first one to ask him a question. So I'd go down there and I'd sit like in the Islanders locker room at the Coliseum, which just inc- it was, it was like a yeah. li- Long Island living room. You, you, you almost expected everyone to have like plastic yes. plates eating yeah. penny alabaca <laughs> off of it, off of like these plates. Right. Because it was, so, it was so cramped and, and everyone's just like sitting and you got like the six, six media members, uh, it, you know, the one, one Islander beat writer, Stan, me, and then three people from out of town. Uh, it would, I would sit next to him and just like kind of just like you know shoot the shit and and he would always say what song does Mm. he have for me today because stan would sit next to him and say do you know what today's song was and he's like i don't know and and i remember the one when they clinched the playoffs that season was happy days are here again (laughs) and 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 so he looks at stan he's like "No, but i'm sure you're gonna tell me he goes happy days are here again do you want me to sing it to you and he goes after or something like that it was great
0: you, you, their dynamic was so great like it 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 reminds me of one of my favorite dynamics like in maybe all of like comedy in my lifetime which is it it had a bit of a Conan O'Brien Max Weinberg uh to it with the the OG Conan <laughs> O'Brien yeah. show where, where the bit was that they had they they did not have chemistry or they, they did not like know what the other person's vibe was at all and, and there was like such a, it started there. And then they, they eventually like seemingly just built a genuine rapport <laughs> with each other. And it was just, yeah. uh, oh man. It, it was so fun. It, it was also like, it was nice. You know, you said stabilizing before, like, I think like his stats for the Islanders were, were nothing to, mm-hmm. to write home about, but they, they were good enough. And in a way, like, uh, they just needed good enough. They didn't right. need another another season of Rick DiPietro, Marty Biron, Dwayne Rolos, <laughs> Nathan Lawson, uh you know, Jan Denny, uh Ugh. like mm. rotation, uh Mika uh Miko Koskinen, uh uh Anders Nilsson. Like yeah. we, we didn't need to to keep rotating through. We needed stability and and uh it was nice to have like that, that veteran presence, a good enough, uh, a good enough pro goalie that could be in the locker room for Tavares uh, to help strike uh, with like kind of being a, a, uh, a vet that isn't Zenon <laughs> uh you know, like to have some measure of, of, of like dignifiable clout in the, in the locker room. um and, and, uh, he, he got them there. And I mean, like, you know, he, he played, uh, cause let, let me look at that stat line again. Cause I feel like he, he played almost the entire yes, lockout. Yeah. Year. Basically. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what right. kind of did them in was he, he,
2: like Dan said, he, he emptied the tank and people always focus on how poor he played against that the penguins in that series, but it was because he, yeah, I think they played 48 games that year. So, and I I want to say he probably played 35 to 40 of them.
0: 41, 41 (laughs) games played, and all of those are all of those are starts too. (laughs) And and that's all that's all because the backup was once upon the once and and never uh, goalie of the future, uh, uh, Kevin Poulin, who Mm -hmm. uh, could not hold on to his stick or make (laughs) the first save of a game. Yeah, like
3: Nabakov was spectacular. For a lot of those games. And I was it that year where they won in Philly for the first time in like yep. 40 years or something like that. And he I think that's what was, started their run. I'm, I'm pretty like if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. It a, yeah. It was like and he saved. It was like a one nothing wish. And Josh Bailey, I remember, had yeah. the one goal. And it was like, that's how this streak came to an end. <laughs> Our friend. That's friend right. in the pod, right. Josh. What a, Bailey. what a combo. Nabokov and Bailey. Uh <laughs>
2: And and I think that was the season too when O'Balley and O'Post yeah. kind of clicked. Like there was just this moment. I think it was a game against the Maple Leafs where like they just looked amazing on a yeah. shift. I'm like, holy hell. Like well, these guys Oposo are here. Well, turned that whole and,
3: series around by punching Matt Niskanen in the face several mm-hmm. times. So i never forget that. Oh, right. yeah. So good. <laughs> right.
2: yeah, I was right. there. I was yeah. in Pittsburgh for that. I was, um, and I do have one more quick, quick Nabokov anecdote uh, from Stan, which was the Islanders were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm um and it was one of my first games working and i was trying to like get the ropes and i was just kind of hanging out in like that box office lobby and i just see this really tall swedish guy and i'm like mm. oh that's anders Lindbäck. so he's like looking around i'm like hey man you, you need help he's like yeah where are the locker rooms <laughs> at this place <laughs> so i was like oh i'll show you i'll walk you to the visitor's locker room and we we're just talking he's like asking me what i do or whatever and he's like, Do you know who's in goal for the Islanders? And I said, It's Evgeny Nabokov. He goes, I love that guy. Like, I just love the way he plays. <laughs> he's like, he, he's never hmm. out of a play. He's he's like, Oh, he's even when you think he's out of a play, he finds a way to get back into it, like to make the save. And he, like, kind of, him and I were just like talking back and forth about Nabokov. And I was like, Yeah, I, you know, I just can't even hmm. believe he's an Islander. And then Limbaugh was like, Oh, why? And I'm like, Oh, we don't need <laughs> to get Like, like I, I just was like, Oh, no, there's the visitor's locker room. Like, I don't
0: know. Like, I don't this is you're gonna I'll, t- I'll tell you on a podcast episode 12 <laughs> years from now yeah I yeah I mean so yeah I, I and and you know that that playoff his playoff performance was <laughs> not good but again it was like he he played way more than he he should have uh I I also think about uh and there's I love to just do weird aisles seasons mm. or just aisles seasons in review because I'd love to talk about oh, yeah. that team uh but uh the, I remember like after that playoff, you know, series, everyone's like, all right, we're glad we made the playoffs. Like Tavares mm. looked awesome. Uh That was where, like, that was Oposo kind of coming into his own, Bailey coming into his own. Uh, a lot of like the mm. the Hamannick, a lot of the guys that, that we thought were going to be like the Isles that were going to, you know, win the cup <laughs> in, in our time, you know. Uh, but we were like, okay, but we got to replace yeah. the goalie. And then there were. I remember, like, oh, maybe we'll get Mike Smith. Maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll get that spy, yeah. Mike Smith. Um, but but then like yeah. nothing. They don't get anybody. And then we got, we end up with with Nabakov. And that 13, That's the Thomas season Vanek was just like season.
3: That's yeah, it's yeah, just a disaster. A yeah.
0: weird year, bad year. He was he was very clear. Nabakov was clearly yeah. done. And I'll just always remember like the. Yeah, this season's cooked moment of like the 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 uh, Andrew McDonald uh, collision against the uh, – I think it was against the Red Wings, or, or I forgot who it was against, but like there was like a, a race to the puck, like a race to a loose puck. So like uh, the Red Wings are, are running to it. Nabokov's trying to come out to it. McDonald is coming back to it too. And like the player gets the, the stick on the puck. McDonald and and Nabokov –
4: like flying <laughs> <line laughs> yeah. into each other
0: yeah and like Mac, like McDonald does some sort of like uh ragdoll physics in a video <laughs> game just like somersault over nabokov and the puck just like slowly goes yep. into the net and I'm like yeah this is this season's this is one of those this season's yeah. cooked in December top feelings <laughs> yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, re- I remember sure. that really well and I, I and I'm pretty sure
2: a couple weeks left in left in that season was when he Nabakov was doing his the, you know the Islanders were doing warmups and there's like a very you know Islander viral famous clip of him when he's, uh, he's mm. he stepped on a puck and he fell yeah. face flat and he started doing a snow <laughs> angel like as he was sliding uh while the rest of the team kept warming up <laughs>
3: around him I remember that uh from for more on that season, uh, check out Weird Islanders podcast on Thomas Mannock, starring uh, guest Jenny Berman. That was a really good one. And uh, you can relive every moment of that torturous season <laughs> once again. Um, <laughs> but as Desmond said before, uh, you know, uh, there was another guy who the Islanders acquired after Nabakov, who also didn't want to come over and kind of fought his way in different ways uh, until finally... Making it over somehow and became another sort of cult hero. And so, Desmond, who would that guy be?
0: actually the best of this of this squad, and and definitely
3: I would say the most <laughs> handsome, Lubomir <laughs> Lubomir visnovsky the Silver Fox himself, Lubomir Visnovsky. Again, 112 games played with the Islanders. You'd think it would have been more, but uh, but no, he it wasn't. It was just a little bit less than Nabakov and 11 goals. 34 assists, 45 points and then in the playoffs just four assists. I so, I thought he was going to a playoff goal, but I guess not in 10 games. Um and this is another one. Like he became so so popular. I had his t-shirt. I had a t I mean I had a Lubomir Visnovsky Islanders t-shirt because I had to because this guy was the best. He just he did play with strike, right? Like didn't they, they played play on the
0: power play together? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so having the two of them together was like my dream come true. Oh, and then beautiful. that was it. They were done. <laughs> So you, got
2: to, you got to see
1: it. Wrist one that's deflected off the skate of Gleason and comes back to strike. Viznowski, fire, scores! The Islander power play has its first four-goal game since February of 2008, almost five years to the day at Toronto, and it is now Carolina five, the Islanders four. Well, I'm not sure if Matt Mulsey gets a part of this, but again, the Islanders... Control the puck straight over Biznasty. Watch that Molson here in the front of your net. I think it goes off his left leg past Ward. Watch Molson as he's in front. Seems to go off his left leg there, Holly. But the down shot the puck, and that's the most
4: important thing. Strike to Biznasty. He's got that quick release. Two
0: yeah. beautiful, two beautiful men. Just, just, just. Uh, yeah. Just, just two handsome lads uh, playing. Playing just beautiful hockey together. Right. It was great. Smooth as hell. Smooth yeah. as hell. And,
3: uh, but prior to that, his, this story is even more complicated than, than the Nabokov one. Because, yeah, okay, they picked him up on waivers. They told, had to toll his contract. Got him to come. Visnovsky had a whole thing. And this was one of those situations where I kind of feel a little bit bad for for reporters because they have to all of a sudden become lawyers too. And they have to, like, sort of parse the legalese of all these these obscure uh, contracts and all the little fine print that that you know drives – that players have agents for because they don't want to deal with this kind of stuff. And Vysnowski had been traded from the Oilers to the Ducks, even though he had a no trade clause. And then somehow his no trade clause hadn't kicked in, I guess. And so the Ducks traded him to the Islanders, but he was like, no, I have a no trade clause. And it was a whole big thing. And again, like, and then he went back to Slovakia uh, because his son was ill and that was a twist that nobody really saw coming uh he needed surgery i guess or something and, and we were like well he's he's never gonna come i mean at first it was like what the hell's wrong with this guy and then it was like oh okay well in that case i mean maybe he does he's rather better off staying there but then all of a sudden he just shows up and it's like what the hell and i had to get here and again like we joke about not end up getting to bakov not knowing who the islanders were playing for the sharks all the, those years I gotta admit, I had no idea how good this guy was mm. when he played for uh, the Kings, Oilers, and Ducks all those years. And when he showed up immediately, I was like, "I love this guy. This guy's great. I, I want this guy on my team forever." Now. He, and he was—he had the similar des- disposition to Nabakov
2: too, which was yes. just like, "Yes, you know, I, it's, it's that year once again. Like, I was in the locker room, and and he, he was just hilarious in the locker room. Mm. Not joking wise just like watching him like do he, he had like very funny quirks to him like I, yeah. I remember there was just this gigantic bucket of double bubble bu- bubble gum in the <laughs> locker room and every game i would go into it it would just always be by the Le- stall and then after the game he would just like be picking through it like as if he was trying to find like the right piece of bubble gum or something and <laughs> i was just i love this guy but yeah. what my I, we got to start this from my favorite part of the saga is so yeah the islanders you know, they trade for him at the draft. Then it was the lockout. So everyone forgets about hockey for a long time. And then, um, they, they were like, okay, like this guy has got to come to camp in January when the camp started. Like we need, we need him to report or else we're going to suspend him, whatever. And the KHL said like, oh yeah, this was also during like those frosty times between the KHL and NHL, where it's like, they had those like agreements where it's like, you, you can't sign any of our players. We can't sign your players unless it's agreed to, but they, they made sure that each league didn't ever break the rule cuz they didn't want to start, you know, a cold war again like like we saw when Malkin tried to come over. <laughs> um and so the KHL suspended him and then there's a picture and it's still on Twitter if you if you just Twitter search Viznovsky bus. Um <laughs> where the Islanders like, yeah, no, he's coming to camp. He'll be here for, for camp. That's our expectation. And then some, some like Slovakian reporters like, Oh no, he's on the team bus for, for H uh, H C Slavin Bratislava. And then he put a picture and there's Buznowski on the bus in the middle of the aisle, like talking to one of his teammates. <laughs> and uh, and so like, everyone's like, what the hell? Like, are you sure? Cause uh, he's supposed to be coming. Um, and mm. eventually, you know, he did. Um, he had to, he had to sort the thing out uh, with his son. Um, and, and came over and like, like Nabakov he just, he, the difference between him and Nabakov is Viznovsky. I think his first game was against the Sabres. And from the second he stepped on the ice, he, he like immediately became one of the Islanders best players. Like that mm. season, he was probably their third best player uh, behind yeah. Tavares and Oposo. O- 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 like he was incredible that year. Um, completely turned their power play around. Incredible puck mover. Um, and he stuck around and had a, he had two playoff se- seasons. With the Islanders, and
4: right.
0: which is incredible, like for they're very, they're very, which few is people. rarefied air. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, it's funny. I the, the 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 draft party announcement of the trade was like uh, a really funny vi- video to revisit. One, I was there and, and, and it was like, Oh, and like, you see the stat line, like, Oh wait, that's a, that's a good player actually. (laughs) Um, And I think, and that's, that's what, like two years removed from Garth uh, getting uh, James Wisniewski. And it's like, huh, maybe Garth is like weirdly good at finding just weird, uh, you know, trade targets that, that no one else saw or, or whatever. But, but, Another funny part of the video is like they make the trade, you know, you hear the like decent, you know, cheer. And then the Islanders, I guess had the next pick, which ended up being the Griffin Reinhardt yep. pick. And I <laughs> vaguely remember like being, being at that draft party and thinking like, all right, cool. We got this guy. We got the, we got the, the a puck, another puck moving defenseman, but we also got this rugged stay at home guy. that's going to be our Chris Pronger.
3: And <laughs> it's like
0: one of well, those of the, one of those things panned out,
3: yeah, well, they yeah, exactly, uh, you know, it panned out just in a different way, but, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure visnovsky, yeah, I mean, making the playoffs twice with the islanders in that that era was pretty rare, but I'm also pretty sure he's the only islander to ever have tried to void his trade to the islanders and then also sign an extension with it right, like that's what I <laughs> kind of again, I totally forgot about that, but there's an article at Lighthouse hockey about him uh, signing a, a two year extension, and uh it was pretty wild. And like, again, he became like a member of the locker room. That was back when the Islanders had that, that awesome, like David Putty style leather jacket that they gave out after the game. (laughs) And, and uh, they gave it to him and Kyle Oposo called him the silver Fox. And (laughs) I mean, it, it was just such a, such a great, like fun group. Obviously, Franz Nielsen was in there. And that was also actually, I meant to mention before, like another guy who, came alive in that playoff series with the Penguins with Casey Zizekas. That was like his first real kind of like, wow, this guy's pretty good. And, and he's uh, actually a very useful <laughs> fourth line player. Who, who could have seen that coming? Um, but, uh, of course, visnovsky's career. Uh, now, he only played. He didn't play a ton of games. In fact, he only played with the Islanders for the 35 games in the lockout year, 24 the year after, and 53 the year after that. I mean, he just, he just was hurt a lot, which is unfortunate. I mean, he was 36 when he came over. So he, he's, he was 38 last year and he was small right and he, he was and he only was quick yeah. so he was like if he, if
2: he was right. getting hit like he, he was he was getting hit unfortunately right um, and he didn't
3: shy away from that right. kind of stuff and that's where i'm getting to unfortunately with his last shift with the islanders was in the playoffs that year in 1415 against the capitals and we'll always remember that tom wilson Hit him, and he got concussion, and that was the end of that. And it spurred Thomas Hickey, of all people, to enact revenge yeah. upon Tom Wilson. And uh, that got uh, – the, the Washington is the only building, I think, in the NHL to ever booed Thomas Hickey, which is unfathomable it's- when you think about it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, just uh, – I, I still have the shirt, and I just I, – when I wear it, I just remember – that stupid smile. And again, the whole saga and just getting them and just being like, man, this guy is awesome. And I had friends who were Kings fans and at the time and ducks fans saying, Oh man, he's the best. And I was like, yeah, yeah everybody says that about their players, but no, he really was. <laughs> yeah. He, that, that playoff series too. people like,
2: cause so much attention is focused on that hit. Hmm. He had an amazing game one. Yeah. And he took a lap of honor. He was named right. second star and he went, he went like full Euro on us. And, yes. and, and it, there was a Tavares overtime winner with like 60 seconds into overtime. Yeah. And, and Viznoski named second star. And obviously Tavares won the game. He's first star. And as they're announcing Tavares, Viznoski is still circling the, <laughs> the crowd. Like give it the, the, like the clap to the, you know, like, like you'd see after a soccer game to, to like uh, every inch of the Coliseum, he was soaking it up, um, yeah. which is almost like pressure that like, he like it, this is mm. coming to an end. And uh, I'm sure he didn't think it was coming like that way, but, um. Yeah, that him and Hickey together, right? Like they were great. Total, yes. totally interesting defense pair that worked out perfectly. Like neither mm-hmm. guy over six feet, similar skill sets in in terms of you know Hickey, Hickey was much more of like a, a good defensive but like slick puck mover, and then Visnaski was it was more of like a, the the gambler of the, the pair, and then um, yeah, that <sighs> hit. Like I just I I remember exactly where I was with that hit, and that that playoff series like the Islanders ended up going to seven with, with the Capitals in, in a series where they, they were probably the better team. Mm. And if it wasn't for, for and, and a bunch of other defense go, I mean, the, the game six, game five, six and seven, like defense pairings were just an absolute mess. Like Matt Donovan, <laughs> Reinhardt, you know, young Scott Mayfield playing like rookie. Right. It, it was, it was just so, it was so
0: disheartening that that team could have went so much further. And, um, but I love I love that that 1415 team still to me I think is like the most talented in in terms of Islander teams I've watched overall talent level um in comparison to like I guess where they they've ranked in the league at the time of season like I think that's probably the most talented like one to 23 uh roster that the Islanders have, have had in my time of watching since 96. And, uh, I, that, that, that Hickey Visnovsky pairing is like one of the things I think about with like how cool that season was where like that, that was their third pair. And like,
4: mm.
0: when you think of like third D pairs, it's usually like a, a power play specialist and a penalty kill specialist. It's a, yeah. it's a big guy, little guy thing. It's Andy not, Green
3: and yeah, somebody yeah. else.
0: <laughs> it's not two little guys that like both moved the puck, but like that was one of the, like mm. that was probably the, I think most exciting style of play Islanders because the Doug Waite style was more offensive, but negative defensively, like mm. they they, they couldn't have played less defense uh, <laughs> if they tried. Yeah. Uh, whereas like that was just, I remember the Islanders felt like they were on the, ta- on the attack all that season. Yeah constantly like four-man rushes like yeah. de-joining de- the rush and those two guys just were, were oh,
3: so fun definitely to watch. definitely one of the more fun islanders teams to yeah. watch over the last however many years they had
2: yeah. they had checking lines like that was the thing like they they just it was almost as if like the tw- they were a precursor to 20 you know to trots era guys whereas like I, I think by accident capuano just ended up putting everybody in like the right <laughs> spot like because because right. you had you had a legitimate you know scoring line with with you know, Tavares at, at the forefront. Then you had the, the checking line with like Franz and pivoting. And then you had the, the Sezikis like Colin McDonald kind of thing going mm. where the, 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 the identity line before it was the yeah. identity line going. And um, yeah, I mean it, that team, like I, I, one other thing about that season I'll, I'll never forget. And it's Viznaski related was, you know, it was of course the, the first last season at the Coliseum. And I believe they were playing the Blackhawks uh, in a game and they were down, it was late, maybe a minute left. And, and he scored a goal, uh, from the point. And it was like, I was sitting like right behind the goal that it went in. So, so I go in celebrate and my seat just disintegrated below me, like completely came apart. Like the <laughs> bottom, like the seat part of the seat just fell to the ground, crashed <laughs> to the ground, every like bolts everywhere. It was, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. I, and I, I have a picture of it that I put on Twitter once. Um, <laughs> and I, and I remember cause I, I gave, uh, katie baker from grantland a tour of the coliseum that year um because i met her through francesa Khan, and i told her that story and um and i was like you need uh to talk to this guy and she's like mm. who and i'm like you got to talk to lubomir viznoski he's just the coolest guy ever like he won't factor into your story at all but you got to talk to him and uh mm. and, and i don't know if i don't know if, if she ever did but um because she came for an islander ranger game and uh i told her story about yeah my seat disintegrating and and tried to get her to, to maybe maybe a, sp- a spin-off feature on, on lubo
4: that's funny that's yeah. that was crazy. a great
0: that was a great game that's that was that was the game I'm pretty sure actually it was a game winner and i because it was like late in the game and and that was a game where it was like maybe November it it it, it, it always takes you a while to warm up to believing that an islander season is actually gonna be good and it yeah. usually <laughs> takes a couple wins and I feel like that that win was the game because they they had them like one Tied at like one one, uh, for like most of the game, and then you're like, all right, you're waiting, you're kind of waiting, like, you know, okay, when when when's the the Patrick Kane or, or Marion Hossa <laughs> like end to end move going to happen here? But then <laughs> then yeah. then Lubo just like rips one top top shelf, uh, yeah, smooth. Ah, he was so smooth, so He's smooth, best. yeah, beautiful blue uh, eyes
3: on him too, like yes. Uh, and uh, and yes, and a great Islander. And, and again, uh, you know, it felt like he should have been an Islander for more than just a measly 112 games, <laughs> which is more than most most weird Islanders get, but wasn't enough. I think that's
2: for I sure. think Viznansky. If if all, every Islander fan was in UBS Arena and the Islanders handed out one of those like survey cards, and they said, yeah. "All right, you have five lines. Your favorite Islander, you you know, least favorite Islander, whatever." And then one of the questions mm. was like the Islander that like you love that you think you love so much that you think doesn't maybe other people don't love as much as, as you do. And I think everyone on that line would probably write Lubo <laughs> Wisnowski and they'd be Definitely. surprised that like, he was just universe. He was, he was like, like that Franz he was in that Franz Nielsen kind of circle in the Venn diagram where he was just right. universally beloved uh on the team, despite only playing what yeah. 90 total games for the, yeah. for the team, uh, which is, you know, but that, those, that's why this, this podcast is, is because, like those guys for, for this weird part of the Islanders mm. history. Like that's all we had. Like, like yeah, we had Lubomir Vezinovsky's and, right. and, and Mike Sillinger's because, uh <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't have anybody else because the guys before them were,
0: were not very good. No. L- L- Lubo's, Lubo's time in closing should have been longer, but I think we can take, take some solace. I, I crunched the numbers here. We got more than 37 Alex Kropotsev's, uh, worth of, <laughs> of uh Wisnowski. so that's, you know take some
3: solace in that yeah. yes that's definitely that's definitely a good way to look at it uh our last guy uh to, to close this up uh we won't talk about too much because he ain't ever played for the Islanders but he was you know in a lot of ways maybe the most weird islander ever uh, and definitely the most the most reluctant of all these heroes and uh, Desmond will you finally yeah. reveal our final guy?
0: He was six, he was the, the only successfully reluctant Islander of the list. <laughs> Christian Erhoff.
3: Yes, defenseman Christian Erhoff was acquired from San Jose. I want to say um, uh, for a fourth round pick by Garth Snow because he was you know still pretty good, but he was going to be an unrestricted free agent, and we fi- we discovered like the idea of the the window where you can acquire a guys' rights and have time to negotiate and maybe sign him to a contract before he becomes a ufa christian Ehrhoff, he didn't want to hear any of that shit and he just within about a week and a half uh the islanders had traded him to buffalo for another fourth round pick so it was a big wash uh all the way around and uh he signed a 10-year contract with the sabers that uh ended up getting bought out and it was a huge disaster so in a way the islanders both he avoided playing for the Islanders and the Islanders mm-hmm. avoided paying him for way too long for way too much money uh, but uh, that whole that whole talk about shen- that guy's only shenanigans he's all shenanigans there's nothing left other than to remember him but uh I don't know that was a huge deal at the time I felt like that took up a lot of mental c- space in my brain for <laughs> way too long and then it just ended immediately uh Desmond what do you remember about the the saga of airhoff well
0: I I I remember like i remember them trading for him and then they're just instantly being doubt that they were he was ever yeah. going to <laughs> to play with play with the, the the team and it's like what's funny too is like looking at when this happened so that this happened uh this trade happened in summer 2011 so hmm. it's the summer between the uh Wisniewski deal which happened around the same time and the um and the Wisniewski deal. Yeah. So, so this was Garth's like you know one time to go shopping. Right. It's like find, uh, find some defensemen and make a trade for him.
3: I was wrong before. He actually came from Vancouver. Uh, I was wrong. He had played for San Jose before that. But uh, but yeah, that was his time to go shopping because he needed every advantage he could get, and uh, it did not work at all. <laughs> um, what what's funny is that a, a couple of years later he did the same thing with Yaroslav Halak, and by God he did actually stay. So <laughs> in a way he was kind of right, but picked the wrong guy basically. And, there
2: was um there's there's two things that, that are related here with Dan Boyle and Erhoff cuz the Islanders had, had tried to do it with Boyle. Oh my yeah. god, I forgot about that. Wow. So when when Boyle refused his like first game with the Rangers, um I remember uh booing him. Like like mm. like every time he touched the puck and, and people people were actually doing it. And then I remember when Erhoff played his first game with the Sabres or the first game I saw him play with uh, the Sabers against the Islanders, people booed him. Like I was like, this is amazing that people like I'm not the only one here that like feels burned. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just the type of type of guy that like would have made perfect sense for this for this era for the Islanders right. to have Christian Ehrhoff. Honestly, Boyle would have too. Like, um, <laughs> but you can now make a team of guys who uh, who the islanders dodged a bullet with i mean smith in that contract that he signed with the avalanche jury mm. gomez when they were really in on both of those guys that those contracts didn't really pay off uh all that much for the rangers airhoff for sure um there's got to be a couple other guys where like it's like oh thank god um that 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 never happened
3: i mean i can think of one guy who's not in the playoffs right now yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, <'cause I, laughs> yeah let's hope that one yeah. You know, we'll we'll revisit that one in 3 years. Uh,
2: but uh and the the series finale of Weird Islanders when we when oh we do his Oh my god. But uh, wow,
0: that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: just one thing has to just not happen for that to happen. So, uh Yeah, basically. But like yeah, you just you think about like those contracts. I mean, you could you could uh, of course we hold these guys in much higher regard, but like, you know, like Nielsen and and Oposo, of course. Um but uh yeah, like Talk about dodging a bullet. Erhoff was really good. And he was a player who was like, damn, this guy's just way too good to be an yeah. Islander um, for his whole career. I would, you know, he's like the type of guy who'd be like, I wish the Islanders could have someone like Christian Erhoff. Uh, and then he's like, No, it's just he's that that will never happen. Trust me.
3: <laughs> I didn't realize he played for so many teams after the Sabres. He went to the Penguins, he went to the Kings, and he and he played for Chicago. Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought he. I thought he just took off and and that was the end. He went back to Germany and that was the end of that. But uh, I guess not. So, uh, but yeah, like like you said, Desmond. He's the one man to escape the Islanders' clutches and 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 successfully just say, Nah, nah. I'm not playing for these guys. Everybody else had to play. Even Karpatshev played three games before it was over. Like even even Kirk Muller put in a little bit <laughs> of time before he was he was launched into the sun, but Airhoff was like, I'm putting my foot down. It ain't happening. And you got to get me out of here. And the end up playing for the Buffalo. So, uh, you know, that's what you get, man. Yeah. It, it, it makes you appreciate
0: Vishnowski that much more, you know, like, right? Like, and it's, it's kind of nice of the, like, I would say ever since that era, like of the Islanders, it's like, even when things have been not great, they haven't been as horrendous. Whereas like, you know, the air airhoff er- er- like not coming to like like Mike said, you know, oh this guy's mm. good. He's not gonna be on the Islanders.
4: And like <laughs> that was
0: just like generally how it felt to be like a fan. Like, oh yeah, no, this good player will not will not play. You're gonna right. be watching uh Mark Eaton uh as oh, your number two defenseman uh next year, and that's that. Uh right. like that that's uh um man what a it's it, it's a nice reminder of of as bad as things can feel now uh wow yeah. wow was how did we live through that yeah
2: we, we, <laughs> we haven't had we haven't had a player turn down the islanders in quite a while right. after they traded for him so we're, we're we're on a good streak here
3: yeah there you go um i was wrong by the way before i thought i thought they bought out airhoff but he retired and uh they still owe him owed him money. The Sabers did, <laughs> so hopefully they're they're done paying that up. Oh no, sorry, he's going to be cashing checks through twenty seven, twenty eight. So uh, nice. There you go. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So why wouldn't he retire? Basically, so there you go. Great job, Buffalo. Uh, well, this has been a great run, uh, Desmond. I'm really glad you picked this one because uh, these guys were all great, and I was. I, well, I don't know what made me kind of put that group together, but. I'm really glad we did, because <laughs> this was uh, a ton of fun. Uh, so tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast. So we're uh, on
0: uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm not we're on anywhere else, maybe SoundCloud. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's through the island. Uh, on on Twitter, it's at ttislandpodcast. Uh I uh, have a burner account uh, <laughs> uh, at Goldmember182. Um, I, uh, I, I sing in a band called career day. You can follow us at, at career day NY. uh, but yeah, check us out. Uh, we are going to be doing, uh, one more podcast to close out the season. Uh, Mike and I are going to be doing, uh, exit interviews of each other, uh, <laughs> each other's performance for the season. Um, and then, and then we're doing an off season pod cause we like to talk a lot of, uh, art and entertainment and and current events and stuff. So we're going to be doing uh, zero thoughts, uh, the podcast <laughs> this off season, where it's going to be even more uh, structureless and, and at the whim of whatever uh, I am drinking and,
3: and thinking, uh, and, and Mike just living with it. We, we appreciate that. And do me a favor. Make sure you bring up at least once per episode the 1982 Saskatoon Blades, if you're going to. Uh, 1982
0: Saskatoon Blades. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look into that.
3: Uh, yeah. So that sounds great. So yeah, everybody check out through the island. Uh, again, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, again, it's it's a different dynamic than than Mike and I have, but uh, but that's what makes it great. It's it's uh, you guys really kind of go at it, and uh, it's become don't a podcast. That's, a, that's
0: that's that's <laughs> that's about. Uh, it's kind of become about the podcast itself uh, at this point, <laughs> and and more about a, a podcast about watching the Islanders rather than analyzing
3: them. Right. Which uh, which works for us. I mean, I always say we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. And we've, we've, this is, we've done 202 episodes of not knowing anything that we're talking about. That's
0: so an wow. inspiration. Cause, cause <laughs> Mike and I go. are trying to not uh, improve. We're, we're trying to see <laughs> how much we can not get better.
3: <laughs> there you go. That, that sounds like, it sounds like a, a plan to me. Uh, Mike, uh, big day for you. Everton, yeah. not going to get relegated. So congratulations. Yeah. It's, I can't believe
2: it's over in a, in a weird way, but uh, yeah still kind of digesting that um yeah you know, I'm, st- I'm still in full full like leafs mode where i'm just like <laughs> gorging myself on every bit of leafs i'm I'm at the very end too which is getting right. kind of bad because like now i'm like yeah. dumpster diving i'm into like <laughs> i'm into like podcasts with like the listenerships of, of this and, and and our podcasts like through the islander or islanders anxiety yeah. like i'm i'm finding like fringe leafs podcasts to listen to at this point uh so That's if you funny. have any suggestions uh, please send them my way because I'm not done. I'm, I'm only gonna I'm like, I'm, I'm barely done scratching the surface of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I've kind of become a, an expert on their cap situation. <laughs> uh, I'm like I'm, It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, mm. it's, it really took over my life. Um, yeah. but because it, because I was, I was worried about it for so long that I've decided that I should celebrate it yeah. for as long as I was worried about it. Um, but so you
3: know, that's what I'm doing and um, I'm not done. <laughs> All right. I- uh, <laughs> Oh, I look God. forward to your analysis on uh, Matthew Neese. Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, the Leafs really hit a whole run on this guy who doesn't want we to did. play for
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> reluctant, reluctant Maple Leafs. Yeah. Reluctant yeah. Maple you Leafs. You look for that. Uh.
3: That's, that's the next podcast for us. Uh, and and, and where, where can everybody find you on Twitter to send you that kind of stuff? Uh, the big Lebowski with two E's. So follow Mike at the Big Libowski. Uh listen to Through the Island podcast. Desmond, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, this, uh, this has great. been great. It's it's uh, it's nice
0: getting to to be alongside competent um podcasters. Like, <laughs>
3: wow, well, it's I, like a it crazy now. It, it makes me it makes
0: you know, I, I might have to make some decisions about the, the future of the of the of my podcast just because you know how, how many how many years can I toil away with, with what I got on my wing? <laughs> Toiling away. Yeah, That's un- the you're worst.
4: gonna
3: be unleashed. Unleash. yeah. You got to see. We got to see. Somehow unleash yourself. Well, uh, we we were unleashed here uh, for an hour and 15 minutes or so, and uh, it has been a blast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again, actually, probably within the next couple of days with another Weird Islanders uh, podcast, uh, and if not, an Islanders anxiety. And uh, until you hear from us again, keep the Islanders weird. We'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.